Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. Praise the Lord. Uh, I, um, um, I just really felt like, man, we're finishing. Felt like we're getting ready to finish the year. And a lot, a lot of times around the holidays, and I do it too, you know, you kind of disconnect a little bit, you kind of spend some time, you just, you know, you, you relax a little bit, and, you, and, I, and that's fine. But I don't want you leaving promises on the table before the end of the year. And I'm not saying that means January 1, all the promises go, but man, I like to just solve, solve the year with solutions in Christ. So um, I, I started thinking about passion. You know, am I, impa- am, I impa- am I as passionate about those promises now as I was maybe the beginning of the year? Am I passionate about the dream? So passion in life is um, really, really a unique thing. Um, you're going to need a lot of it. Uh, you're going to have to desire it. You need a lot of it for what you're doing because without it, no matter what you're involved in, will seem too hard and not worth it. You got to produce passion, you know. Without passion, even the best of all people give up, okay? And that's important. You got to have passion for it, you know, um, because without it, you know, it's not going to seem, it's going to seem too hard and it's going to seem like, well, it isn't worth it. It's not that big a deal. It is. Mo- most people um, don't really possess passion. Um, you know, if you're going to remain successful, and you're going to stay in front of challenges in life, you got to choose to remain passionate in life. Now, this is what I'm trying to tell you. No matter what it costs, you're going to have to stay passionate, okay? Now, I'm going to explain this. Because you say, well, what does that mean, passionate? Well, you're going to, you know, I'll tell you right now, it's, it's, you're going to have to stay fervent. And, and almost, I don't want to say it's exciting, excitement, but you want to stay in a level of keeping things in your forefront because um, most people do not possess passion. And um, if you're going to remain successful, you're going to have to stay there because sometimes you're you're not in love with stuff as much as you were in the beginning. And that's not a mean thing to say. And you'll give up if you're not careful. You know, you got to bring passion to everything so you could basically preserve when times get tough. Okay, you got to bring it every day, no matter what you're doing, no matter where you're going, no matter who you're with, you got to bring it. Okay, you got to bring it, man, passion, you know, and, and some of the stuff that I was thinking about, you know, I, I looked at this and I, I got to find it. I put it in here. Um, the formal, you know, sometimes you look about the formal definition. It's um, it's um, it's an emotion. It's strong controllable emotion. Um, You know, Jesus had passion even going to the cross. Strong feelings or desire. Love, affection. It's basically, um, you know, if you, you know, it's an emotion. It's in the feeling. It's a sentiment of mind. You know what I mean? So most people lose it. You know what I mean? Like you ever see people passionate about something and then they don't even care anymore? Well, what can I do to stop that uh, thing? Like, oh, you know, well, I gave up on that. How many things, when people give up on stuff, they really lose the passion for it. 
You know, um, I don't know. You can look at probably a hundred things. Um, look what it says in Philippians 4.13 in the message. 4.13 in the message, Philippians. It is a, and I'm going to give you some de um, definitions, okay? Okay? Um, and when you look at this Philippians 4.13 message, I'm going to give you this definition. If you're taking notes, write this down when I read it in a minute. Whatever I have, praise be the Lord, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. Man, that's big, man. That's the passion right there. I'm sorry, the message. I'm sorry, the message. Did I tell you it was the message or the passion? I don't know. I get all messed up. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who what makes me who I am. Okay? So that, that's strong. Passion is an internal obsession coupled with an external pursuit. That is the best definition I've ever found about passion. It is an internal obsession coupled with an external pursuit. Now, sometimes you use words like obsession, and people think like, you know, you what are you obsessed? But you know what I'm saying. You should be obsessed about the things of God, the promises of God. It's kind of like, you know, hey, it's better to be obsessed than possessed. Come on, somebody, give me an amen. No, you know what I'm saying. Come on, that was funny, laugh, right? Passion is an internal obsession coupled with an external pursuit. Um, Passion is what determines how others remember you and why others choose you in life. Woo, that's good stuff, ain't it? Um, so here, so one of the, one of the, one of the things uh, you must, under, I'm gonna give you five things you must understand about passion to maintain it in your life, okay? They're big. And we're gonna start with these things. We're gonna go one right after the other. Number one, so I wanted to just give you five key points. Check them, make sure you got them. You must continually see, you must continually be able to see your passion. Five things you got to understand. You must continually be able to see your passion. I'm going to explain that, okay? You see that in Joshua 1.8, King James is great. You know, the book of the law, we're going to read it, Joshua 1.8. But here's the big thing. Um, vision is dependent on what you see not what other people think. That's big. Vision is dependent on what you see, not on what other people think. So here's what I'm trying to say. If you start waning in passion or you start not having that consistency of passion, I want you to ask yourself a question. It's not what other people are thinking. It's not what other people are seeing. It's this. It's dependent on what you think and what you see. So you can't let people affect you to lose your desire for something just because and say, oh, it's them. It's not them, it's you. It's you. So Joshua 1.8 says, it's laws. This book of the law shall not depart of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate therein day and night. So you see, it's what do you see? What do you see? What you see, then you're gonna have good success. The greatest um, um, opinion in the universe is the opinion you have of yourself. The greatest 
opinion in the universe is what? Is the opinion you have of yourself. If you have the right opinion about yourself, you cannot be stopped. Because what does Proverbs 23, 7 say? For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So what do you, how do you see you? So now a lot of times what will happen is, um, you know, this kind of like this, like, well, you know, I got around these people and they're lamos. Well, guess what? Lamos don't determine your passion. Well, you know, I got on this team of misfits and now they don't determine your work ethic. They don't determine your, unless you start thinking what they think and seeing what they see, they can't affect you. So it's really about how do you see you? Ooh, come on, somebody. And if you see you right, come on. If you see you right, you're going to be able to pull this thing off right. If you don't see you right, what are you going to do? You are going to be affected by this. You got to see yourself right, okay? So that's the biggest thing. The greatest opinion in the universe is the opinion you have of you. So what happens is if you start losing focus and you start losing vision and you start getting around this lethargy and you start doing next thing you know, you don't have passion, we have passion, and then we want to blame other people. Like, well, you know, the people at work, Nah, man, people ain't working, got nothing to do with that. Oh, my friends, bump that. You know, Luke was on that football team, you know? And some of the kids just got a lousy attitude, just what it is. And I told them, I said, you, they're just goofballs. You know, and I said, Luca, I said, listen, if some of these kids on the team got a lousy attitude, that, can't, that doesn't need to affect your work ethic, your attitude. It's like work, right? You work with people that are lamos, but you don't allow them to affect your work. I remember we, I, was, I had a job, and the one guy's famous saying, can't see it from my house. I'm just like, yeah, all right, dude, if that's how you want to work, I don't work like that. Can't see it from my house. That's just like lame, you know? It's like, what, do, you not, do you not care? Eh, don't make that your thing, okay? Two, passion will demand patience. Passion will demand patience. Everybody's favorite word. Patience is basically the state of endurance under difficult circumstances. So basically, in the face of delay, or exhibiting forbearance when under strain, when faced with long-term difficulties. That's patience. It's the state of endurance under difficult circumstances. Let me say that again. It is the state. What is patience? It is, what does it mean to be a person of patience? It is the state of endurance under difficult circumstances in the face of delay or exhibiting forbearance when under strain, when faced with long-term difficulties. That's a big one, ain't it? And you see that in James 1 and 4. James 1 and 4. Y'all know what this says, but, you know, sometimes you don't want to read it because it's kind of painful. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, praise God, yeah. But let patience have her perfect work. Isn't that fun? But let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect entire wanting nothing. Oh, yay. Let's sign up for the patient train. I'll tell you what's funny, right? Um, uh, you can look, look at that in the passion because um, in the passion, James 1.4 says it a little bit better, talks about endurance growing. You know what I mean? So it makes a lot more sense. And I think, you know what I mean? So I want you to kind of like dial this in. And then, and then as your endurance grows even stronger, well, so we can re let's read for three because three goes with four. It's kind of weird. You know how they break it up, kind of like all goes together. 
So we'll read, yeah, there you go, right? For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. That's a great word, right? And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there's nothing missing and nothing lacking. Man, that's strong right there. So that's what it's doing. It's producing the nothing missing, nothing lacking passion. If you can develop patience. If you don't develop patience, you're going you're gonna to have problems. And let me explain that. What do you mean I'm going to have problems? Well, obviously, you're not going to be able to navigate um, as easy without patience in the endurance thing. That's the, and, and, you know, it's funny. We just shot TV. I did the open for TV. And that week I was talking about the promises. And I said, man, isn't that true? Right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. And you go, wow. So faith works in the unseen realm. But the problem is I live in the seen realm. And I'm, and I'm believing God. And I'm holding on to things that cannot be physically touched, seen. And I got to hang on to it like it's here, even though it's not here. And, and, and use the force of faith. But God said, hey, I promised you. I didn't forget you. I'm moving on your behalf. But man, sometimes in the middle of life, you're like, where are you? Come on, man. It's normal to think like this. You'd be pretty much absurd if you didn't, just to be honest. You know what I mean? Like with that, like, I don't want to be like lack of faith. But come on, man. If you didn't have some questions, we'd be like, come on, what are you doing? You know what I mean? So what do we understand? We get this thing um, in a greater understanding because we go, man, nothing lacking, nothing wanting. So now I'm not moved by time because I have patience. Patience is the greatest overcoming ability that you could develop against time because patience never allows time to dictate to it when it will be moved. Patience dictates to time how time will affect it. And man, I'll tell you, man, when you can get settled that good, you can manipulate, and I know that sounds weird, but you can manipulate time because time is a set in motion. And, it, and I'm telling you, listen to me, man, it's really good, right? Time has been set in motion and it all depends. You ever been late? And if you're late for something, Time almost becomes a frustration. You ever been way early? Time because it's like going to the airport, right? Like we were, we were just in New York, right? And I was like, look, you got to time this thing right. So I looked at my phone. I looked at my thing. I looked at my phone. I was in. Man, going, it's kind of stressful because you got to get out, right? But once I, once I knew, man, I got plenty of time, I didn't even care. So because patience was developed and me not having time force me to be emotional, if I was late, it would force my behavior. A lot of you are being forced by time in your behavior patterns and don't even realize it. It's creating a pattern of behavior in your life because the clock is determining to you how you're supposed to respond instead of you responding to time and telling time, you don't own me. And it's, that's a really good thought, man. You need to think about it because if you really get it, like, hey, most people, when time is running out, 
older people will tell you this. If they look back and all they see is regret, it'll create, you know, like, you know, like, I don't want to be mean, but sometimes, like, people get, like, you know, we'll say, like, well, you know, um, older people sometimes, you know, and I'm, I'm, be, I'm being respectful, but, you know, sometimes you get a little bit aggravated in your behavior patterns. Well, that's because a lot of times all they can look back and see is regret and, and they have no more time to fix it. Younger people, like, you ever notice how, like, young kids are full of fun and dreams and, and all this? Because they don't care about time. They think they got plenty of it. As you mature, you realize you don't have as much time as you thought. And if you look back in time at, in certain elements and all you see is regret, it'll affect your attitude. So you got to just forget about it and move forward. Let patience be a force to help you be blessed and not let it become a nightmare. Amen. Number three, God is committed to your passion even when you have given up. Man, that is one of the most powerful statements I can give you. That is strong. God is committed. Man, this is so good. God is committed to our passion. Praise the Lord. Even when we have given up. You find that in 2 Timothy 2.13. Um, uh, you can put in a passion if you want. Reads great. I mean, King James just says, if we believe not, yet he abided faithful, he cannot deny himself. But passion reads a little bit better. Look what it says. But even if we are faithless, he will still be full of faith, for he never wavers in his faithfulness to us. So God stays faithful even when we're not. God is committed to our passion even when we give up. Man, it is so good. You know, and God's down with giving you, you know, like a fresh start, man. He's into that. Like sometimes you need a fresh start. Like, man, I gave up on that. Well, get, get a fresh start. Look what he tells Peter in Luke 22. I love this. Luke 22, 32 is really cool. It's a real, and let's put it in the message because the message really reads cool. It's like, God's like, man, get a fresh start. Let's go, man. You know, this is when Peter kept continually making mistakes. So in Luke 22, 32, message it says this man it's really cool simon i've prayed for you in a particular way that you what you that you not give in or give out right he's like i'm praying for you when you have come through the time of testing turn to your command companions and give them a fresh start ain't that cool he's like i prayed you're not going to give in i prayed you're not going to give out i pray you get a fresh start all of you so, man, sometimes, like, you might think, I lost it. I left it. I quit on it. God's getting ready to give you a fresh start. Woo! Man. Now, here's one. Four, not really excited, but a lot of times passion is birthed from pain. Passion is birth from pain. Man. Sometimes pain births new passions. You know, so uh, how, how do you explain this? Um, let's just say this. If you don't like sick, you got a passion for well. If you've seen sick, I remember like my grandma was terminally ill, like when I was a young kid and she had gotten cancer and it was really bad and she came to live with us. 
and I remember like helping her, you know, like I had to like crank her bed. Like she, I, I stood in the room with her sometimes, you know, and she'd be like, hey, can you crank my bed? And I was young, man. I think I was like eight or something like that, eight to 10. I don't even remember. My mother knows. But she would like one time, I remember she wanted me to give her a candy, you know, because her, her mouth was dry. And I remember I was like, even being a kid, I was like, I freaking hate this. This is so gross. You know what I mean? I was like, man, this poor lady. I, I was young. I couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't figure it out in my mind, you know. And I was just like, oh, this is just so um, just bad, you know, watching her go through this, man. And I felt so, I, you're hopeless. You're helpless. You don't know what to do. We didn't, we didn't have God. So all I did was I could help her as much as I could, you know. And I, I you know, I was like, man, so I, I, I hated it. I, you, you grow up and you get saved and Jesus comes and says, oh, you don't have to be sick. So you wind up hating sickers. So pain births what? Passion. I want to see everybody get well. How about if you grew up broke? You know, like you didn't have enough or you, you maybe at home, they couldn't put enough food on the table. I remember, I remember my, uh, my grandparents talking about the depression, you know, going through the Great Depression and you had a piece of bread and like you think, man. So they, 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 they were a saving generation. That's why this generation here doesn't save nothing, but that generation was savers. Why? They never wanted to feel that again. They worked hard because they didn't want to have to not have the ability to have necessities. So because they had poverty, they developed a passion for prosperity because they saw sick. If you were raised in addiction, right, and you, you live with people addicted to maybe drugs or alcohol and you live there, you have a passion to see people delivered when you come to God. But you, something, you know what I mean? It's like passion sometimes is birthed from pain because whatever you experience, you lean towards the opposite to see mankind. So a lot of times... Um, you really, you, you, you kind of really understand uh, passion for things is, is sometimes found through the pain that you go through. Um, not all the time. Passion is birthed from desire. It's promises. You know, maybe you want to get married or you want to, you know, you want to prosper and you want to this and you want to that and you want to be in the ministry. I don't know what it is, but all I know is passion, passion sometimes is birth in the darkness of pain. Um, other times it's birth from a promise of God. All I know is wherever it came from, I just want you to keep it because if you wane in passion, you really start losing focus. And once you do, you really start slowing down and we don't want you to slow down. And number five, passion is birth in you. My God, not adopted by you. And I'm gonna explain that. Okay, most people borrow other people's passions. That's why they never see it through. Passion is birth in you. It is not adopted by you. Have you ever gotten excited about something somebody else is excited about? You ever get passionate about somebody else is passionate about? You can't borrow it, man. You'll never see it through if it's borrowed. That's why you have to develop it in others, um, other people's opinions, other people's passions, other people. Bottom line is this, man. You, you have to, you, you got to get it. You can't borrow it. There's only the one they say. You, like, you know, like you ever get around somebody psyched about something, they're so pumped and they're like passionate about it and like I have no passion. Have you ever gone around somebody that's passionate about something and you have no desire in the world to do it and no matter how excited they are about it, they're bouncing off the wall, they'll stay up all night long, 
Like I got buddies, they're passionate about stuff, sports, some sport, some stuff like that, right? And I go, wow, that's really cute, right? Um, I'm laughing. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm thinking about them. And I'm like, oh my God, I have no desire in the world to do that. And no matter how excited they are, and they're trying to tell you, oh, you're going to love it. You got to go. And it's like, man, I'm borrowing your juice if I'm going to do this. I don't ever want to do this day in my life. It's not there. So it's not my deal, right? So Daniel had passion. Joseph had passion. But all these guys in the Bible, Peter even had passion. A lot of times they didn't borrow passion from somebody else. They developed passion on their own from desires that they had. Daniel had passion and direction from God. Joseph had passion and direction from the God. But basically, here's what it is. You're going to see this. Look at Jeremiah 29.11 in the message. We're going to read it. And I want you to see this, Jeremiah 29, 11. Amen. It's really good. Message is phenomenal. It's important, man. Right? And God says in Jeremiah 29, 11, message Bible, he tells you what's up. He says, I know what I'm doing. That's what happens. Like sometimes you think like, man, I don't know what I'm doing, but God knows what he's doing. So don't get in the way. Let God be God. Look what it says here. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not to abandon you. Plan to give you the future you hope for. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you will find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me, that's passion, and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. God's decree. I'll turn things around for you and I'll bring you back. Now, right there, man. Woo, come on, somebody, right? That'll just, God's got it. But you got to stay with God. I promise you, you got to stay with God. So sometimes if you, you got to think about these things. Where, so now we got to go back and evaluate. Where's my passion at? Now, where, where's passion birth? A lot of times, I think passion gets birth from the promises of God, desires in your heart. So I want you to refocus, because I'm done. I want you to refocus on the call of God. I want you to finish this year strong. And I want you to go back and reconnect to the passion that you had when you started the year. Like, man, I was so psyched about whatever. You know what I mean? Man, I was so pumped about losing weight. I was so pumped about building a dream. I was so pumped about starting that business. I was so pumped about fixing my marriage. I was so psyched about just being a better businessman. I was lit, man, for this. And I started the year, and 11 months in, I, it, it waned. You know what I mean? I went up. I went down. I had hot. I had cold. Stop. We're getting ready to close it out. Let's go retap into passion. Let's go retap into pursuits. Let's go retap into desire. And let's let passion lead. Because what is passion? I'm going to give you this definition one more time. And I like this, man. It is an internal obsession coupled with an external pursuit. Passion is an internal obsession coupled with an external pursuit. So when I and you decide to go, that's it, man. I have an internal, come on, inside. I'm, I'm, well, I don't have none of that. We'll go get some. How do I get it? 
Well, what do you mean? How do you go get it? What do you want? You know what I'm saying? You ever want something so bad you get obsessed? You know, like, like you know, like you want to get a car. You ever get? You ever want to get like a car or something goofy? And you're on Auto Trader. You know, you're looking at all these cars. And you're looking at all this. And you're looking at all that. Why? I'm obsessed with it. And then what do I do? I start putting legs to it. Maybe you're looking for a house or something, right? You're looking at houses on the internet. You're all like, oh, look at this house. Look at that house. Look at this kitchen. Look at that bathroom. And then what do you do? You go put some legs to it. You go, you call up and you start making some appointments with Karen, right? And you go check out some houses. Come on, right? What starts happening is what? If you get an internal obsession, you will get an external pursuit. So first, we got to envision it and man, God's prosperity, God's healing, God's better marriage. I don't know, whatever promise you can grab onto, hold on and absorb it on the inside and then allow yourself to put some steps to it on the outside. Amen? That was good, man. It's quick. I just want to get it over to you, man. Passion's important. You got to have it. Without it, you're really not going to have desire in the earth. And I'm telling you, man, those key elements of passion can help you pursue your God-given dream. Amen? Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you. For each and every person at the sound of my voice, I thank you, Lord, that we want to finish this year strong. We want to finish this year in a supernatural opportunity to see God do more and live stronger and greater on the inside of us. So we want you, we're asking you by faith, I'm asking you by faith, can you reignite the passion inside of these guys to finish strong this year and carry it into next year and each and every day of their life? Let passion continually become a desire on the inside. Let us have an internal obsession for the things of God and God in his presence. And let us have external pursuit, which leads us to the destination of what we feel on the inside and what we saw from the word of God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Well, praise the Lord, guys. Don't forget Man, we got a big week around here, man. We are getting ready for Christmas. It's cranking. Don't forget, we got the rallies are here. Did you get your rally notice? If you didn't get your rally notice, man, the rallies are here. Amen. Glory be to God. Praise the Lord Jesus. And then Sunday morning, don't forget, 9, I'll be here. 1030, I'll be here. And then 1145, I'm going to be in the Palm Coast campus. We got some more announcements for you. They're coming up right now. But I promise you, let's finish this year strong. A lot of announcements, exciting time. And notice that as long as you keep walking towards the promises of God with pursuit and passion, God's going to make sure he orders your steps. That's the truth. So keep God in the forefront of your mind. Keep him in your thoughts. Keep the word of God in your mouth. And he will order your steps. And your life will never be the same again. I love you. And I'll see you soon. God bless you. I'll see you Sunday. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.